You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 88. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're tackling one of my most favorite topics, and that's this idea of healing from the inside out. I have an amazing guest with me today, Amy Stein, and her mission is to educate and empower those who are struggling with their health on how to reconnect to their body's innate intelligence using Mother Nature as a guide. She finds that when we awaken to our inner light and wisdom, we can sync the mind with the body and the spirit. Amy combines the power of the plants along with energy medicine techniques and breath work to allow you to live in harmony in your body and environment as your authentic self. Now, here's why I loved having a conversation with Amy. She, as you will hear, tells her own personal health story of growing up as a child with so many symptoms and multiple trips to the doctor and never being seen or heard or having her symptoms validated in any way. And when this happens to us as children, we grow up internalizing this idea that we are not seen or heard or taken seriously. And this has no choice but to manifest as symptoms in our body as adults. And it's just interestingly, at the same time that I recorded this interview with Amy, I've also been reading the book, How to Do the Work. And the author, Nicole LaPera, talks about this all the time as well. And, you know, we certainly see this in the weight loss world as well. And that so many people who are holding on to extra weight are doing so because of wounds on the inside that are in need of healing. And the difficult challenge with all of this is that it's not like we're walking around aware that we've got these wounds on the inside that are manifesting as symptoms on the outside. We don't know. We, we, we don't know. And so we go to doctors and we see, di- seek diagnoses and we seek explanations for the symptoms that we're having. And as a physician, of course, I will say that sometimes we we are having symptoms because there's something wrong with the body. But oftentimes we're having symptoms because there's wounds on the inside that are in need of healing. And I think having this conversation and talking about why it's important to turn inwards and, you know, take a look at yourself is super important. I am required to say as a physician that anything you hear in this podcast is just the opinions of both myself and Amy. And if you are having any symptoms or health concerns, you should seek the care of your healthcare provider. Nothing that we say in this episode is intended to be medical advice for you. So getting that little tidbit out of the way, here is the amazing interview with Amy. I I learned a lot from this long discussion with her, and I hope you do too. Here it is. All right. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Happy to have you here. Thanks, Michelle. I'm excited to have this conversation. 
All right. Before we jump into it, I'm just going to say, listeners, both Amy and I have a little bit of a cold. So if you hear some crackles in our voice or a cough here and there, please excuse the both both of us. We're we're doing our best um, today as it is. You know, today we're going to have an excellent conversation about autoimmune diseases, chronic diseases, and some of the struggles that we come up against when we're going to our doctors and being inside the Western medical system. Now, you all know I'm a physician, but you also know if you've been listening to this podcast long enough that there is so much more to our experience as human beings than the symptoms that show up in our body. And in fact, those symptoms are often messengers you know, to us to wake up and pay attention. And so we're going to have an amazing conversation about how to listen to those messages, how to advocate for yourself to get what you actually need to heal and things that you might have never considered that you need to consider when it comes to your own healing journey. Does that sound fair, Amy? It does. Absolutely. Amazing. All right, Amy, before we jump into all of that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the journey that you've been on with your health? Sure. So I live in New York. And I was always experiencing symptoms as a kid. I was always having sensations from my body and I didn't understand what it meant, right? No one talked about what it means to be highly sensitive, to be empathic, to sense energy, to not want to eat certain foods, not want to go certain places. So as a child, I had all of these external stimuli and also it would manifest internally, right? I'd have stomach aches, I'd have headaches, I'd have body pain, and I didn't understand what it was. And so my parents didn't either. They would take me to the doctor, the doctors would run the test, and they would just say, there's nothing wrong with her. She just doesn't want to go to school. She doesn't want to eat this food. Like, she's just a difficult child. She's too sensitive, right? And so this was the messaging I heard growing up is I'm too sensitive, you're difficult. I wasn't believed. And I wasn't heard and seen for what was happening because everyone was doing the best that they could, but they were missing a lot. And so I then found that I had to change who I was to fit in, right? Because I was seen as different and that was viewed as bad because in our society, you don't want to be different. Everyone wants to fit in, right? You can't stand out because if you stand out, then you're going to be by yourself. And so I, I saw this as a kid, like, oh, this makes me different. This makes people look at me differently. This makes me not feel good when I get this response of not being seen, heard, or believed. So I I formed these different protectors, and we all do this when we have unmet needs as a child. Protectors form. And Bruce Lipton talks about this a lot in his book. You know, before age seven, this happens. It's not a conscious thing. It's an um, it's an unconscious protection that the body does because the body was designed to keep you safe. It's just built for survival. That's what it's designed to do. But we're not, it's not talked about, right? Like then when one talks about this, there's no, there's no longer ritual. There's no longer these phases of life where these things are sat down in, in the tribe and discussed, right? So you just have to fit in in our society. And if you don't, you're labeled as bad or different. So I decided to fit in. So I became a control freak, right? If I could control every aspect of my life, then I could keep the lens where it was comfortable for me, right? Mm -hmm. So I could view how people were seeing me. If I could be the person that made everybody laugh, they weren't paying attention to what I was doing. 
they were just paying attention to what I was saying, right? So we all have these protectors. But the issue is that as adults, when we still have these protectors, because they don't just go away, you actually have to do the work around it to heal the wounds. And so it keeps us stuck in these harmful patterns. So Mm -hmm. what can happen is that you don't realize it, but you have these ways of reacting when you're triggered, right? So, you know, I was someone that I still get, I get angry. Like I get really angry because I'm not being heard. So if I yell, then you have to hear me, right? So I it escalates zero to 60. Or someone who's a victim, right? Everything happens to them rather than for them. So these were all things that took me a long time to learn. But if we had been taught them at an earlier age, we might not struggle as much, right? We might not have some of these issues, you know, the addictions to social media, to food, to codependency, right? So these are all like viewed as normal behaviors in our society, but they're actually cause us to be harmed on all levels of the body. Mm-hmm. And that can lead to disease and illness. Again, not any, you know, it's never talked about, right? So like you and I have similar backgrounds in, in yeah. the trainings we have. And I was a medical researcher at a big big university here. I was working with chronic pain patients who were geriatrics and I was in my mid to late twenties and I started to resemble them. And it was really scary. And I was like, what is going on? Cause I'd always had all these symptoms as a child through teenage years, through young adulthood into early adulthood. But it was like, I was still able to somewhat live my life in a way that I was not bedridden. Like I would have days that I didn't feel so good. And there were migraines and things like that, but I was able to live with it. It never got to the point where I was shut down until I began working with these patients. And so it became really scary to me because I didn't understand it and I didn't know why it was happening. But it it was kind of like the body got to this point where it was like, enough is enough already. You need to deal with your stuff. Otherwise, we're going to shut you down. And so that's what happened is my body just shut down. I became bedridden. I had daily migraines, daily vertigo. I had severe GI issues. I mean, I, there was a lot of things going on. Like I was breaking bones spontaneously, just walking, you know, so I had like two broken feet at one time, you know, I was in double cast for, I think it was like three months. And so I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't drive. And so it just kept snowballing. And so I was taught in our society, you know, if something is wrong with you, you go to a doctor and they fix you. Right. And so that's what I did. I went to the doctors that I worked with. I went to the rheumatologist I had been working with because that was the way I was taught, as we all are. If there's something wrong with your body, it's broken. You need to go to the doctor and they'll fix you. But in this inherent philosophy, it teaches us that the body is always broken, that the body's acting up just to make your life difficult. But that's not actually the case. So, you know, later trainings, I would learn that the body is designed to heal. The body has an innate intelligence in it that it's always trying to rebalance and bring you back to a homeostatic state. But we get in the way of that, right? With our mind, we think we know better. No, 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 my body's telling me this, I'm going to shut it down. In our society, we're not taught to feel our feelings, to not feel our sensations. So when things come up, they feel really, really scary. We push them down. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, we create more imbalance, more blockages of energy in the body. And so you and I were both taught, like, you know, in science, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's medicine. Oh, these things that happen, it's just a miracle. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? But that's not actually true because you can't always see energy, right? But it's there. It's in everything. 
everything is energy. You and I are energy. Every listener is energy. The desk you and I are standing or sitting at is energy, right? The birds outside. But we're not taught this idea. So when we work against the body, when we work against the innate intelligence that's there, we create this stuck mm-hmm. energy that leads to illness and disease. And, and you know, like, I, I just I just want to start at the beginning of, of, of all of this. And, you know, we all have protectors. It's not mm-hmm. that any of us come to adulthood without them. And I think, you know, one of the things that I often hear people say is, I had a good childhood. I was cared mm-hmm. for. I was loved, right? I have, I have, right? And I like, I, I fall into that camp. But, you know, d- the thing is that when we are two years old with a two-year-old brain who doesn't yet have a developed prefrontal cortex, can't actually make sense of, you know, the motivations behind the words mm-hmm. people speak to us and, and the actions, mm-hmm. that we all develop these wounds because it is mm-hmm. it is actually not possible to feel, you know, seen and heard and loved a hundred percent of the time. And and so it's not necessarily that we all experience, you know, big T traumas when we're young right. to, to get this, right. but that's not it. Like this, this is actually part of our neurological development that mm-hmm. we, we, we develop these protectors and we carry them through to adulthood. Now, I think mm-hmm. part of the problem is because you're right, our society is one where emotional expression is not encouraged. And, you know, especially in men, you know, us mm-hmm. too as women, but, but it it's, so, so now we're raised by parents who can't express their emotions. And so mm-hmm. we also never learn, you know, how to do it. And all of this converges into an adult who has emotions that they don't know where they're coming from and don't know what to do with them. And that is certainly what causes um, issues with overeating or overconsuming anything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, shopping, social media, you know, booze, exactly. whatever, right? Whatever it is, that's where a lot of this actually stems from. And Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe easier to see the relationship between that cycle and overeating, because we Mm -hmm. can feel rather instantly that the food makes us feel better. And Mm -hmm. and I think over a period of time, that whole process becomes, you know, what happens on a subconscious level, right? It's not a decision we're making for ourselves anymore. But the thing is, that same process is what creates, you know, some of the other symptoms in our body. I am prone to anxiety like that. That's, you know, my, 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 my thing, anxiety and overwhelm is like my, my baseline or, or, or was until I started doing this work. And my body feels a very specific way when I'm anxious. I feel mm-hmm. sick to my stomach. I get a little bit of a headache. My neck hurts. And, you know, there was a long period of time in my life where I just thought I was a person who always felt queasy and sore. And, you know, it, it took a long time to, to understand, oh my God, you know, this, this is my, anxiety, That's not normal. right? Like <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not sick. I'm right. anxious. And this right. is, this is, this is my body telling me that I've got to, you know, I've got to look at something, with right. And, you know, but, but that's, you're exactly right. When you go to the doctor with, you know, headaches, neck pain and nausea, 
they run some blood tests, everything looks fine. Maybe they do an ultrasound, maybe they send you for a scope. You undergo all of this, you know, traumatically, you know, you know, physical sort of tests, and then be told that there's nothing wrong with you. And you mm-hmm. come home and say, but there is, because I'm not supposed to feel this way, right? And mm-hmm. eventually that all becomes normalized and you stop asking for help. And yeah. So I, th- I think you're right. The question then becomes, you know, if, if we stop looking at our symptoms as a sign that we're broken and look mm-hmm. at them as a sign of we got to kind of turn inward and figure out what's mm-hmm. going on, I think that's probably the first step. These ha- these behaviors become habits, right? It's an unconscious process. I, I feel this way. So I know I feel better if I eat whatever, right? If I feel this way, I know I feel better if I numb out with social media, with Netflix binging, what what have you, right? Whatever your vice is. It's becoming aware of when it's happening and feeling into the body. So it, as you just said, like in our body, there's a disconnect, right? It's all, we, we don't trust the body. We don't trust the messages it gives us because we're not taught to trust it. We're not taught to listen to the body. We're taught that the body is, 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 supposed to break down you're supposed to feel like this right but it's not it's not quote unquote normal but for us it is because it's all we know that's mm-hmm. all we know so it's us it is our normal but it's not the way the body was designed and so when we when we are not aware of these behaviors and we just automatically do them it's very hard then to unbreak them Mm-hmm. to to stop these habits that are unhealthy that are destructive that are leading to illness and disease so it's being aware of when it's happening and to connect to the body right so to connect the mind the body and i say the spirit because if you don't connect all three you cannot heal right and believe me i've tried like it's you know i've been there done that i've tried it doesn't work i tried to manic heal do it all in my head i did all the things right it did not work and i was just even more exhausted even more overwhelmed and then i was defeated because i was like i'm doing all the things i'm doing the research i'm trying all the things why is it not working because it did not feel safe for me to be in my body to feel the feelings to feel the sensations and because we're not taught that if you feel them they will they will pass a lot quicker and the Ooh. body will resolve the imbalance. We're not taught that though, right? No, we're like not. If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get to the point that Michelle and I have gotten, you learn it through all the research that you've done. But, you know, like, let's try to save people 10 years, right? Like, let's, let's not do that. Let's try to teach this to children so they understand that I'm allowed to feel this emotion, mm-hmm. but I don't need to react to it. Mm-hmm. I can feel it and I can... I can be curious about it, right? It's it's having this curiosity with the awareness of, okay, I'm feeling this thing come up. I don't like it. I would immediately normally do this, but instead I'm just going to sit with it and see what happens to see yeah. if there's a message here behind it, right? Yeah. It's that curiosity. It's not mm-hmm. judgment. It's not expectation. It's just being curious with it. Right. And I, I like to tell people, because I, you know, this is a conversation that I have all of the time. And it's, you know, what is the worst that's going to happen if you sit with that emotion? Like really, what what is the worst that's going to happen, right? You're going to feel uncomfortable for the, you know, um, 90 seconds is what they say, right? I mean, if, if you're not perpetuating thoughts that keep that emotion, you know, you know, going 90 seconds for that emotion to process through your body. And yeah, a lot of the emotions are uncomfortable, even the positive ones for some people, mm-hmm. right? But think about how uncomfortable it is 
when you don't, you know, when you resist that emotion and it builds up and then you get the physical symptoms and you reach for the food or, you know, you go to the doctor and you're not seen or or heard or understood all, all of these things. Like, and all of that feels worse because I can tell you if I'm feeling anxious and I go, you know, eat chips to make myself feel better. Well, then not only do I still have all the symptoms of the anxiousness, I now have like a stomach ache and my nausea is worse. And, you know, my mouth is sore from the salt. And now I have all of this guilt, you know, guilt and shame on top of it. And then the shame. And then, you know, this lasts for four days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're in a shame spiral. You're in a shame and guilt spiral. And then you're just negative self-talking to yourself, right? Like we spend so much time in our mind, in our society, because we're taught that the mind knows best, but the mind is just simply part of the body. And the mind can be a bad neighborhood. Like, you know, you have repetitive thoughts. 80% of your thoughts are repetitive and a majority of them are negative. So you just have this constant negative feedback loop. And so that in turn works against you, right? Because again, the body's designed to keep you safe. So Mm -hmm. if you make a radical change, it's scary to the body and the body's like, oh my God, we don't know what's going to happen. Don't do that. So it's going to sabotage you. Right. Right. And then you're just going to quit. You're going to give up. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not whatever enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it creates another level, another layer of trauma. So everyone has experienced little T trauma. Like you said, big T trauma. I don't know if your listeners know what that means. So big T trauma is like divorce, rape, incarceration, murder, um, you know, ch- sexual abuse. Those are the big T. But little T could be traffic. Yeah, like it could be traffic. Yeah. You know, like it can be. We all experience trauma living through a, a global pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So we have all experienced it. It's whether or not you've allowed it to process. And the way we can see that is so I related to Mother Nature. And so if you look at animals they process their trauma. So if my dog gets chased by something and then she's safe and she gets through it, she's when she her body deems it safe, she's going to process that trauma. She's going to shake it off. She's going to make a noise. She's going to roll around, right? That's her body's biological way of processing the trauma on all levels. Mm-hmm. And then she's fine. Mm-hmm. She does not hold on to it. She does not ruminate on it, right? So animals know how to do it. Mother nature knows how to do it. She's resilient. Even though we continue to pollute her and poison her, she still is resilient. She still is doing the work. And so if we can have that connection, which we've lost as well, back to mother nature Mm -hmm. to see what she is showing us, right? To see the innate wisdom that she has as well as we do, right? It's not something that is so archaic. It's just being aware of of something else. It's being aware of something that you may not see. See, and what's amazing is this is where science can actually intersect with this because Mm -hmm. people have done studies to prove that spending time in nature heals us in numerous ways. I mean, it brings us back to our, you know, parasympathetic um, dominance and, you know, decreases that fight or flight um, tendency. Our breathing slows down, our heart rate slows down. Lots of things happen when we spend time in nature. So So because you're connecting back to the natural electromagnetic fields, the frequencies that we are designed to work with rather than work against. But being on the screen all day, being on your phone all day, you know, being around 5G and smart meters, that's an artificial electromagnetic frequency, which causes more damage to the body. And so people, I can feel it 
right? So 20% of the population can feel these things that don't, we can't see, we don't exist. I'm sure you can too. And, but most people don't, doesn't mean it's not damaging your body. You're just not aware of it, right? So it's being mindful of how you live your life. Right. Yeah. And and the awareness. Yeah. But where does someone start with this? So for me, my first suggestion is always finding a way that you can get back into the body, whatever mm-hmm. that may be, right? So for me, it was breath work. But before that, I used my breath work to escape from my body because I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. And so it's it's being at the right time and place too for something to resonate with you, right? So I did 10 years of research and I still do research every single day. And so the things I learned 10 years ago are not things I still do today because they they don't serve me anymore, right? So mm-hmm. healing is not linear, mm-hmm. not from point A to point B. It looks like, you know, a, a scribble mess that a three-year-old would draw. Like that's healing, right? Like, and it changes Absolutely. all of the time. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. And and I love that suggestion of starting with breath work because yes. it's something that's easily accessible. Yes, it's free. And everybody has it. Right. right? <laughs> and I feel like it's almost so simple that people yes. discount it on the basis yes. of, of yes. that. And yes. I just I like to challenge people to even just stop and take five deep breaths mm-hmm. and notice. Mm-hmm notice how they feel like. So th- yeah. this is actually a tool that I use in the emergency department. Um, I will probably go every other hour. Um, sorry, that's my dog barking. Apologize. <laughs> um, every other hour and sit in the bathroom for two minutes and just breathe. And that just yeah. keeps me grounded in the way that I need to yeah. throughout my shift. It also it will keep you connected in that. So you know, people, everyone talks about meditation, right? But not everybody can meditate. So a lot of people who have had big T trauma can't meditate because the body deems it as not being safe. It doesn't want you to go into that subconscious state. So breath work, you're just breathing. The body recognizes that. It's like, oh, we're just breathing. There's no, like, there's no, you know, it's not as scared for you to just breathe, right? And so when you can be in that place, you actually connect all parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. The, the mind gets to relax because the mind is not supposed to be on 24 seven, but in our society, it is, it mm-hmm. needs those breaks. It needs those times out in nature. It needs that disconnection. And we don't give it that it's always on. It's yeah. always on. And so that's why people are overwhelmed. That's why people are anxious. That's why people are struggling so much because they don't get those breaks that their body and brain need. And there's such a disconnect between the two. And so the other thing that I always suggest to people is being mindful of what you ingest. That's visually ingesting and actually food wise, right? So like, Mm -hmm. are you eating real food, food that is actually comes from the earth, right? So whether that's pasture-raised animals, I'm going to advocate, you know, for that because I didn't feel good being a vegan. But again, it's a, it's a unique choice is what is best for you. And, but is, if you're eating like fake food, right? That is not, your body doesn't recognize that. It's it's not going to work with the body. It's poison. But, you know, eating food that comes from the earth that is not in a box or a bag or you know, what a can, whatever, right? It's not processed. It's not from a drive-thru. Like, it is real food. And so it's being mindful of what you're visually taking in. I don't watch anything that's violent because my nervous system is already hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to add more to it. I don't watch the news. Right. I don't do these. I don't, I limit social media to 20 minutes a day. 
because it doesn't feel good to my body. So, you know, people may listen and think I'm really rigid. That's fine. That's what works for me. Right. So it's all about what works for you. But, Mm -hmm. but also with what you ingest is there's a lot of toxins in our world. This is a very dirty world. Like people think that it's, you know, not so bad. It's bad. You know, the water you drink, the air you breathe, the what quote unquote food you eat is all sprayed with chemicals. It's all filled with chemicals. And then you put additional chemicals on your body, the deodorant, the personal care products, the toothpaste, the laundry soap, all of that is filled with harmful toxins. And there's a lot of greenwashing. So it's hard to know. So it's mm-hmm. it's also like learning how to read labels that helps you with food and also with home cleaning and personal care products, learning how to read labels. And so those are the first steps that I did in my journey was I omitted all the toxins that I, that I could control. I got rid of, and, um, I made sure I was eating nutrient dense food that was clean from, you know, as clean as it could be. Cause again, like I can grow organic food there. I still live under chemtrails, right? Like I'm still getting exposures, right? My water may still have impurities in it. So it's being mindful of and not driving yourself crazy because you could drive yourself crazy trying to do all the things and be perfect. Right. But that's not what it's about. It's about respecting the body and, and helping the body because the body is struggling. Even if you don't know it or think it, your body is giving you indications that it's struggling Yeah, every single day. You just think it's normal. Oh, I always have stomach aches. Oh, I always have a headache. Oh, I always, whatever, name the sensation, right? That's not normal. It's not normal. And so if we can learn to be aware, it's just being aware. It's being, taking the steps. There is no magic pill. There is no magic wand, but it's being aware of the steps that you can take that are within your control yeah. that are manageable for you. Yeah. And I, I think this this concept of feeling safe in your body, um, mm-hmm. I think that's worth spending a couple minutes talking about as well, because- yeah. I'm not sure if, you know, people understand actually what that means. I know I didn't for the longest time. And I can certainly see it in, you know, clients who, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly don't feel safe um, in their body. Eating is a way of of keeping them disconnected from their body in a a big way. Um, And that was certainly the case for me in a long time, you know, for a long time. But I I think the problem is if you grow up feeling like you weren't seen or heard, there's a huge chance you're not going to feel safe in your body because that message Absolutely. is that there's something wrong wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Wrong, right. Right. Yeah. And you know, that manifests in lots of different ways that mm-hmm. that manifests in symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. It can manifest in like overworking or, you know, being overly controlling or avoiding, you know, relationships, you know, with yeah. others. Right. And, you know, I am a, you know, self-proclaimed introvert, and also highly sensitive. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think what's valuable is nowadays, people are talking about this a lot, not necessarily because of HSPs. And we actually had an episode a few months ago, with with an expert in in highly sensitive people, but um, other neurotypical, um, you know, presentations like ADHD and and stuff like this, neurodiversity, very Mm -hmm. much um, mainstream. So people are talking about neurodiversity and some of this mm-hmm. is starting, you know, to come out. But if you are our age, right, and grew up in a time where none of this was was known, and I was actually mm-hmm. told every day as a child, Michelle, you're too sensitive. 
Yes, me too. Sensitive, right? And, you know, so I hardened up and also became, you know, a control freak and Mm -hmm. just decided I'm taking on this, you know, label as an introvert so I can do my own thing and people will just leave me a hell alone, right? Mm -hmm. And so now when I decide that I want to, you know, work on my weight in a different way and somebody taught me that I have to start feeling my feelings, and I sit there and try and do it. That was the scariest thing of all. And I think you're right. We're often, you know, encouraging meditation. And I do that too. I encourage, you know, meditation, but you also have to respect the fact that if you sit down and try to do it and your body is screaming, no, this Mm -hmm. just you know, that might manifest as being really agitated or fidgety or, you know, what, whatever. And you're just going to tell yourself, well, I'm no good at meditating. Exactly. Move on. But that's just very much a sign that you're not really feeling very safe in your body. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when we're not at home in our body, when we're not feeling safe there, we are doing everything possible to keep ourselves um, disconnected. And that's where all of Mm -hmm. the overconsuming and everything else, you know, comes, um, comes into play. And so I like to talk about it as finding practices that are going to bring you, um, bring you back home. And yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you know, meditation. It doesn't even have to be breathing, right? It's simply just committing to going for a walk for 10 minutes outside. Yeah, exactly. Right. Without a (laughs) And, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. And maybe this is an HSP thing, but I actually cannot be outside with headphones in my ear, like, because I I am already overstimulated by everything Mm -hmm. else that's going on that it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's too much for me, but anything that is going to allow you to just be present and notice, you know, what's going on. And, um, you know, Amy, you mentioned not so long ago, the importance of curiosity. And I think if you, you know, say, oh, you know, I'm feeling, you know, this, that in my body, in my thoughts, you know, whatever's going on, I wonder, you know, what that's about. I wonder what what that's about. And instead of, you know, rushing to the doctor to get a diagnosis and a label so Mm -hmm. that you can just, you know, continue on ignoring what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Just give give yourself, you know, that permission to sit and really ask yourself what's going on. Right. Yeah. Dr. Kim Duramo, she's a big energy medicine practitioner that I've studied with for years. And so she says to ask yourself. So when something comes up that does not feel pleasant, what's right about this? I'm not getting right? It's not assigning because immediately we assign judgment, expectation, blame, right? It's that negative loop, shame spiraling, guilt spiraling. But if you can sit with it and and wonder, well, what could this, you know, what's right about this that I can't see, right? It's reframing, it's changing the perspective. And we do that in small steps. Like it's not a one and done, you're, you know, you do it once and it's, that's it. You do it all the time. That's not what happens. It's, it's a practice. It's, it's being, it's being aware of what's coming up and why it's coming up, right? So like when I hold space for people, because it's very important when, in order to be in your body and feel safe, that someone is holding the space for you, that, you know, until you can understand how to do it. So for me, 
I did not trust anyone to do that. I ha- I was trying to heal myself by myself, right? Because I couldn't trust anybody to do it for me because mm-hmm. everyone had let me down. People hadn't believed me. People, you know, whatever had failed me, call it whatever you want, right? So I didn't trust anybody to do it. The first time I did it, I was, you know, 37 years old. I was in that trauma-informed training. And my mentor was able to meet me in a place where I was like, oh, maybe she could do this, right? It was like, she, so I still see her because again, for you and I to hold space for other people, you need to resource yourself, right? Absolutely. So I would be, a, I would be a hypocrite if I said, oh, my healing is all done. I don't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm done, right? So Never. It's not done it's until the done. day you leave the physical body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I still have support. I still have someone who supports me in my continued onward journey because I couldn't do these interviews if I didn't. I would be triggered all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So telling my own story would just, would just throw me off and I would be like in a spiral. Right. So it's, it's important to have someone that you can trust to hold the space for you. And I was having a hard time a few weeks ago. And she said, what if you said, I don't know how, but I'm willing to try. Yes. I was like, Oh yeah, I could do that. She's like, it's not like, it's not this thing you have to figure out, right? We're always figuring out like the how, how would I do it? How would this work? How would this look like, you know, like that we get stuck in that, but we're not supposed to worry about the how. Right. It's no, it's just well, the willing to try. Exactly. And something that, different. That, yeah. Well, and that also comes back to that curiosity piece, right? Yes. Because I feel the other issue with modern society is this belief that we're owed everything right now, right? Like Amazon has to come tomorrow or they're useless, the right? Like, right? Yeah. And, you know, people want their symptoms gone right now. People want their weight mm-hmm. you know, gone right now. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's not actually going to happen that way, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like you just decide, okay, I'm going to be present in my body today. And then, you know, tomorrow, everything's going to be bright and shiny. Yeah, it's going to be rainbows. Yeah. All, 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 all of this is a process. And I think, you know, and, and I am also one that, you know, if I don't see results very quickly, I'm prone to giving up. And that one statement is what keeps me going is it's like, I'm working on, or I'm mm-hmm. getting better at, or I'm mm-hmm. willing to try this, like that, you right. know, that sort of phrasing, um, really. It's the freedom to change. Absolutely. It's the freedom to change and having the courage yeah. to do it. Yeah. And it also gets you out of that all or nothing, you know, trap. Absolutely. The black and white, the duality. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That we're we're always getting um getting trapped in. But but this That's is a good. process. And you know, it's um it's amazing. I see a therapist, I don't know, maybe once a month I go. Um Primarily, I, I went initially for very specific reasons, and that was very quickly healed and resolved. And I found I love having um, a safe place to go that isn't a coach that that doesn't do you know the same sort of um, approaches that I do to talk about exactly this sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like the challenges that come up for me um, as I try to feel more safe um, in my body. Currently, I'm working on money because I have a shitty relationship with money. And, you know, the phrase that I'm using to work myself through this right now is money is safe with me because I am safe with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
And, you know, my therapist is the one that's constantly telling me that just because I had a quote unquote good childhood does not mean that wrong was done to me in, you know, certain ways. And it's taken me, you know, two years to even accept this fact, right? It's it's not, uh, you know, you decide that you're going to make these changes and tomorrow it's done. It's it's a process of being willing to come back to your practices, you know, day after day and watch how things evolve. And the reason why I bring up my therapist is because the last time I went, we talked about the things that I had been saying two years ago when I first walked into her, her office. And that woman is not even recognizable anymore. So even though it feels like maybe I haven't made the progress um, on myself, on the work on myself that I wanted to, I have come so bloody far and core beliefs have actually changed over over that time period. Right. Right. And that's the thing is, so healing is hard, right? Like you and I know that healing is hard and it doesn't ever get easier, but it can get to be less oppressive, less suffocating, the more you can work with with yourself rather than against yourself. So a lot of times we get stuck, you know, as we talked about in this negative feedback loop of, you know, self-criticism and not being enough and I, I won't be able to do this, right? And so this defeatist attitude, because that's the belief system we were raised in. Mm-hmm. That's a belief system that exists. And Bruce Lipton yeah. talks about this too. Like, again, these are all inherited before age seven. They're not yours, they're not your parents. It's what exists in your society, in your culture, in your family dynamic system mm-hmm. that is brought down to each new generation. But you can change that, right? It's not going to be easy. And people around you are going to be like, what is going on? But you can change it. You can make those changes. And again, it's not easy. It's a lot easier to be ignorant. Ignorance is bliss, right? That's a saying for a reason. But it's not forever. Like it doesn't need to be forever. You don't have to be defined as this person that is like this the same way for your entire life. You're choosing to be defined that way. Like it's a choice that we're making and people don't like to hear that. And I didn't like to hear that, that I was choosing to be sick. I did not like to hear that. But I was choosing to be disconnected from my body. I was choosing to ignore the messages. I was choosing to not listen to what my body was trying to tell me, to help me. I was choosing to view it as the enemy. Mm -hmm. I was choosing to believe I was broken. But you're not. You're not broken, right? And everyone is different. Everyone has unique challenges and unique uh, ways of doing things. And those are your gifts. And so it's moving more towards your gifts and shining the light on your differences rather than fitting in, like be the mm-hmm. renegade, like talk to Michelle and I are be the renegade, you know, like <laughs> you don't have to take the yellow brick road. You know, I tell people all the time, like you get to choose what's best for you. If the yellow brick road is not working for you, you don't need to stay on it. I didn't stay on it. I'm still here. Like I, I didn't stay on it. Right. Like you don't have to go the path that you thought you had to travel. Like there's nothing that's keeping you stuck to that other than you. Right. You can, you have the power to to move it. It's not going to be easy. It was easier to think about it this way, right? Like, let's say you're having a conversation about politics with your friend who has different ideologies than you do. Right. And you know, when, when you're, you know, you're, you're having that conversation and your friend is saying things that are so against your own value system that you start to feel 
symptoms in your body, right? You start Mm -hmm. to know, right? And you can tell in that conversation that you're having these symptoms because somebody's challenging your belief system, right? Mm-hmm. And that is that same thing is what's happening all day long in response mm-hmm. to other stuff when we are, you know, doing mm-hmm. things and taking on roles um, because we think that we're supposed to, but it's mm-hmm. not really you know, what our heart's desire is, you know, that's, that, that, that same thing happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're stuck, you know, in a job that doesn't mesh with your values, if you're stuck um, in a relationship where your needs aren't getting met, you know, when you are not treating yourself or your body with the respect that yourself and your body deserves, you're going to have these signals very loudly telling you, hey, you know, things aren't right. And so, you know, when you start noticing that maybe your body is feeling the way you feel when you're having that conversation with somebody who has, you know, different ideologies than you, that's what's happening. This is exactly what's happening, right? It's your body saying that you are not acting in accordance with what you really need to be doing for your, mm-hmm. you know, your soul's purpose or your heart's desire or in line with your values or, you know, your higher purpose or whatever language, you know, you, you, you want to, to use. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this just seems like such a natural time to end. Um, I love this idea that you are not broken. You are not broken. I'm sure listeners are dying to know more about you. Can you can you let us know how people can find you? Sure. So they can go to my website. It's mindbodyspiritbreath.com. They can look up how I combine the power of the plant medicine with breathwork, other nature, and energy medicine techniques. And they can contact me there on for a free call to connect. That's amazing. And we'll make sure that that website is in the show notes as well. All right, Amy, any any last words of wisdom before we sign off for today? I just want to say that you get to choose what's best for you. You get to choose that. Yeah. How empowering is that? I love it. What a brilliant way to end. Thanks so much, Amy. Thank you. All right, there is the interview with Amy. I hope you found that helpful and enlightening and took away a few tools that you can use to start turning inward and looking at any wounds that you have that might need healing from the inside out. To help you along that way, Amy has provided you all with her ebook, which gives you five tips for dealing with overwhelm. And you will find the link for that ebook in the show notes below. And that's what we have for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.